Hello and welcome to our sixth episode of the unofficial SAP on Azure video podcast. Today is August 21st and typically I'm here with um, Robert and Goran to talk about anything related to SAP on Azure. Um, unfortunately, today Goran is on a well-deserved vacation and Robert is out sick. So instead of skipping this session, we thought about making at least a quick one this time. And since I have a very special guest today again, um, I'm, I'm really looking forward um, to this to this video. So um, before we um, go actually over to Tobias and, and Tobias can uh, introduce himself later then and, and talk about the um, SAP monitor for, for Azure, um, I quickly want to highlight a, a few other um, topics. So I want to start with um, um, Joao Couto, who will um, talk about um, Microsoft's investments in our partners. Um, then we want to talk about some of the resources available for partners, so how to get started um, or what uh, resources are there to, to get to an Azure subscription, stuff like that. Then we quickly want to highlight um, two blog posts that have recently um, been published, one about XSUAA on the SAP Cloud Platform Cloud Foundry environment and another blog about high availability on Azure. And then um, the, the last thing that we quickly want to talk about is the Deftoberfest that was just um, announced by, by SAP, I think, today. So welcome, Tobias, um, in, in a, a smaller round today. Yep. Great to have you here. Thank you. Cool. So um, before we go to your topic, like I said, um, let me quickly share um, my screen. And I want to share a few um, blog posts um, uh, that were just um, released in this year, in this week. So um, Joao just uh, released or published a blog about the continuing investment um, of partners in the SAP on Azure sphere. So. I think actually when we when we look at SAP on Azure, um, looking at the partners is something extremely critical, extremely important to us right now. So obviously from the Microsoft side, um, we provide you with the infrastructure, we provide you with documentations, how to get started. We have some cool tools like the monitor um, that we'll um, drill down today. But I think um, what, what is really, really important is our collaboration with the partners, because in most cases we see the partners doing the implementations with the customer, doing the migrations from the SAP system on-prem into Azure to operate, to manage um, the, um, the landscapes on, um, on the customer's in environment. So it's really something where, where partners play a very, very um, important role. So who, who are those partners, Holger? Are those more uh, like the implementation partners, the SIs, or independent developers, or um, could it so be anyone? Yeah, we see this across the board. So we have global SIs, um, obviously the, the well-known um, global partners. We have very small local partners and we have partners that really focus on um, developing software that others, that other partners can use. We have partners that really concentrate on the implementations. And I think that that's really the beautiful thing that, that we have a huge ecosystem of these SAP partners. And um, whether you are a customer that is looking 
for a huge SAP implementation project or whether you are a partner or a customer that only needs help in a, in a certain area. We really have a lot of um, certified um, partners that allow you to or th that help you can get help you um, running your SAP systems on Azure. I see. Cool. We even have now um, some some cool certifications and and um, skilling initiatives um, in, in in place. So I think some of you know the AZ AZ one hundred and twenty course where you can now um, yeah get a certificate also that you are, are familiar with SAP on Azure. And obviously there there are a few other things um, how we um, recognize and 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 see how partners are uh, yeah good in a certain area how how they are familiar and have some knowledge about um, running SAP on Azure. So this is just um, yeah, um, a blog that was just, I think, um, published yesterday or, or something like that. And for quite some time now, we had in our backlog um, something where we wanted to take a look at, well, how can you actually use Azure as a partner? How can you use um, Office 365? How, how can you get started to develop something and, and then obviously also bring it to your customers? And one of the interesting things that I really, really love um, about this whole um, partner network, Microsoft Partner Network, is an offering that we have for, for our partners called the Microsoft Action Packs. Um, with, the, with this Microsoft Action Pack, it's extremely, from my point of view, extremely easy and, and attractive and, and cheap <laughs> to, to get a quite a big list of um, software components that you can use um, to yeah, to 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 run it in in your environment to to test with it. So, let me actually quickly open up this um, this action pack um, document here. It's it's fairly cheap. I think it's like I don't know five hundred euros or something like that a year. But for example, you get um, a credit of monthly one hundred um, US dollars um, that you can use. You get Azure Active Directory for some users. You get um, yeah, certain software components here. You get um, Office 365, um, you get dynam Dynamics, you get, yeah, here's, there's the Office 365 E3. So you get a really good package of licenses that you can use to, um, yeah, develop applications, to um, test out new things, to um, check out new functionalities on, on Azure that you then obviously can also help um, yeah, position with with your customers. So it pays for itself, basically. You actually get money back. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. No, absolutely. And and that that's really the thing. I mean, um, we got a lot of questions. What's a good way to get started with Azure? And obviously, there's the Azure free trial available. There are some packages part of the Visual Studio subscription that you have. But especially if you're a partner, um, then I think it's especially maybe if you're a smaller partner. This is a really fantastic thing to um, get a lot of back for yeah for for just subscribing to this uh, Microsoft Action Pack subscription. Good stuff. Yeah. Good. So so that's just about um, the the partner stuff that I quickly wanted to mention. Now, quickly talking about two blocks that um, I thought were really really interesting, and mostly because. I have been struggling, or I am struggling, um, with the whole concept there quite a bit. So, Who is if you, <laughs> yeah, if you are familiar with the SAP Cloud Platform, then you most likely know the Cloud Foundry environment. Just a recap or a reminder from last week. So, the Neo trial environment will be shut down. So, um, you have to use um, Cloud Foundry going forwards, um, anyways. 
But when it comes to the whole authentication, um, there's this this XSUAA, the uh -huh. extended service for UAA um, that is available on Cloud Foundry. And if you get started with this, if you start to look at authentication, how can you protect um, your applications? How do you work with roles and with the different scopes? This can be quite confusing. And what I really loved about um, Jeffrey's blog here is he, so he's apparently from SAP IT um, and he's in a team that um, trains other colleagues within SAP. So, so it looks like also within SAP, um, using XSUA is, is not straightforward. So um, it's good to have additional trainings available. And what Jeffrey does in this blog, he basically outlines some of the things that he's doing for these trainings. So it's a fairly long blog. Um, there's, there's really right here, it's a 20 minutes read. Um, but I love the, the, the structure, how he um, yeah, explains the different topics, how he also has a lot of references, a lot of links to um, official documentations, how he starts yeah, talking about UAA, then going to access UAA, um, to explaining how this relates to, to other identity providers um, that are connected and so on, how to work with roles, how to work with um, JOT tokens um, at the bottom or something like that. So so it, it's, it's, it's really a very extensive block. I, I have to admit, I have not spent more than 20 minutes on it, but but I think there's really a lot of valuable content in there. So I thought it would be nice to um, put some spotlight. It's the missing spot. manual for the um, XSA administrator, basically. Whenever you deal with user um, administration or authentication in XSA, right, this is the missing manual, it looks like. Yeah, I agree. So I, again, I would only just recommend um, take a look at this. Um, maybe you find something helpful in this one. Another hopefully helpful block um, or, or documentation. Um, remember in the in the last few episodes, we talked about high availability um, blocks that were published on the SAP community network, um, um, on um, the tech community in Microsoft. But now we just released also officially on docs.microsoft.com, a new document that talks about high availability for um, SAP HANA scale up with um, Azure NetApp files. So I think um, uh, I think Goran had mentioned this um, in in one of the the last sessions that um, all the blocks are nice, but this is the official documentation. So now I think um, Ralitza from from um, the um, core engineering team uh, has has worked on this block here or on this documentation. And um, yeah, there there are a lot of links, there are a lot of um, information there, but then also really. Um, a step-by-step -step guide, basically, that, that helps you to um, get started and build up this infrastructure. So if mm -hmm. you are looking into using Azure NetApp files and HA setup with HANA, then definitely check out this, this block here. The one thing I want to um, note here is that, I mean, it's great that uh, Valitza and the team put that together. Um, and that has been long overdue, I think, for and very much requested by many customers the step-by-step -step instructions, how do I set that up if I don't want to have a, uh, a storage cluster based on DRBD, you know, setting up my NFS cluster uh, myself. Um, we are actually investing, and this is not my topic today, but we are actually investing in uh, automation of the uh, deployment of such landscapes. So 
instead of going through each step manual, right? Eventually, um, we have opportunities, and this could be a great topic for another um, for another episode here. Um, we have invested in tools that will allow you to literally deploy an entire SAP landscape, not just HANA and not just you know this little aspect of it, um, with the push of a button. Um, just just wanted to mention it, uh, and not to discount the great work that has been done. It's great that this exists, um, but if you find these steps too tedious and you want to replicate it or to multiply it into other landscapes, this may be worthwhile looking into. Yeah, and, and for me, this is a coexistence, right? Um, on sure. the one hand, I, I want to have these automation tools that really help me to, um, like I said, um, with a click of a button, I have my SAP system up and running. But on the other hand, I, I maybe also want to know what's actually happening um, in these yep. automation scripts. And I want to get um, to to see, well, what are they, the individual steps and documents like this obviously um, help there a lot. Good stuff. Good. So before we hand over to, to you, Tobias, um, I quickly want to highlight one other thing. And oops, there is, wait, this was the wrong button. There's an announce, announcement just happening, ah, shoot, uh, just yesterday about a Devtoberfest. Um, yeah. So Thomas Young and the um, developer community um, at SAP, they announced um, a Devtoberfest, which is supposed to happen here. The event will launch on August 24th and it will run for eight weeks mm -hmm. with um, free technical training, online sessions and so on. So it sounds like a really, really cool um, event. Um, actually, there is a GitHub repository already um, live um, with with additional information. And one of the um, things that where you can already see um, all the effort and all the work that has been um, already going into this um, Devtoberfest is if you look at here these enablement topics, then you can see um, some um, main topics like the SAP Cloud Platform Workflow, ABAP HTTP connectivity, the Business Application Studio, the Kuma runtime and the cloud application programming model, Subhana multi-model. So, so there, there are quite a few, oh, and Google Chrome extensions. So there, there are quite a few um, topics. And if you actually, for example, look at the um, workflow from, from DJ, you can already see, again, all the amount of work that, that is going in there. So um, if you scroll down here, there's a very comprehensive guide um, what will happen. So starting Monday um, on, on August 24th, um, we'll, we'll have the first videos to talk about setting up workflow, deploying the workflow and, and so on. So it, it's a really, I, well, I, I don't know yet, but it sounds like a really interesting um, event from, from SAP, from the development teams there at SAP. So I'm really looking forward to this one. I think this, this can be yeah. quite exciting. It's like an eight-week uh, hackathon, basically, or code jam. I think it used to be called in the context yeah. of uh, of TechEd, which I guess we'll do without this here, or only virtually. Yeah. So uh, I think hackathon is is a good topic because it's not only about this um, um, technical enablement that I that I just showed you, but the the idea then is really to come up um, with your your own problems, basically. So um, the, the ideas, uh, first they, they, they explain some of the topics, but then the idea is that you build something there, um, that, that you come up with um, some new workflow services, or, or maybe you have some cool ideas 
how to enhance Kuma or um, use the business application studio to, to enhance this one. So I think the, the idea is really to engage with the community and to encourage everyone to part to participate, to maybe work with other teams. I, I'm not sure if there's actually a, if you are allowed to, I, I guess you are allowed to collaborate and, and work together on, on a certain topics and to really push some of these topics forward. So I think this, this can be a really interesting uh, initiative. And especially like you just said, especially since there is no way now that we have a good um, in-person tech ed experience. So, so it's now it's um, two days virtual. Virtually, so maybe yeah. This is a beautiful addition to what was um, tech ed. Are there are good prices? Any good swag? I don't know, actually. Um, let I me see if there's that, prices. There's only pricing. Uh, wait, maybe there was some. Maybe the price is that um, your code will be part of the SAP community. Well, no, there is a judge, so apparently there is something. There some prices. Yeah, I mean, if there's no if there's no ticket, you know, where do people get the swag from, right? You need at least some stickers, yes. <laughs> stickers, pencils, right, or the drones. I was always shooting for the drone, but. <laughs> but you never got it. I never got it. Yeah, all these years. Yeah, well, maybe next year then. Maybe next year, yeah. Good. So with the Dev Devtoberfest, um, let me actually switch over to you. Um, so I think a few weeks ago, um, you yeah. published um, the Azure Monitor for SAP Solutions video on, on our um, YouTube channel. And I think, or for me, the fascinating thing was that there was a lot of interest in this video. Um, so in, in a lot of um, during a lot of channels, we, we got a lot of very positive feedback and and, and questions, follow up questions. So I'm super happy uh, that you could join us now. Um, and I actually don't want to say any more. So so maybe I'll just hand it over to you. Um, maybe you can quickly introduce yourself and then yeah, show us in more detail what the Azure Monitor for SAP Solutions is all about. More than happy to, Holger. Yeah. Um, first of all, thanks again for inviting me to this. I'm a big fan of the show. So, um, yeah, it's a it's a pleasure to be here. Um, my name is Tobias Nikam, as you already said, um, and uh, I work in a engineering organization at Microsoft called Azure Dedicated. Basically, uh, mission critical workloads is what we build, and our team specifically is building the features into Azure that make Azure the cloud platform of choice for SAP workloads. That's kind of what we do. Um, more specifically, yeah, I already tried to uh, to make already a little bit advertisement. I'm not a salesperson, but I made a little bit advertisement here for the automated deployment. So that's one big deal, um, one big topic in our team. Um, and the other one, and I dare to say the biggest release after Microsoft Flight Simulator, probably these days. Um, <laughs> oh, is, we didn't talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, well, you know, if you have some time, we can still do it. Um, yeah, is the product um, Azure Monitor for SAP Solutions. It's kind of a tongue twister, so people tend to abbreviate it AMS. You called it SAP Monitor, that's fine as well. Um, the idea is the same. It's essentially a Azure native monitoring framework targeted towards SAP workloads, right? So if I decide to um, to move my SAP footprint into the cloud, um, we from Azure want to ensure that 
you know, SAP is, is an inherently complex system. So we want to ensure that that migration um, is a smooth one and that you don't have to ramp up on all kinds of new tools you have to install. Um, you may not have 30 years of um, cloud knowledge as you have SAP basis knowledge, right? So we want to make it easier for customers um, to monitor the SAP landscapes, particularly from a cloud infrastructure angle. That's kind of the the gist. Um, and yeah, that's what I have in, in store um, for you today. Cool. Um, we can actually take a look at the um, solution itself if you're interested. So let me just share my screen. And for the folks um, who watched me in the YouTube video that you advertised, um, yeah, I hope you learned something new because we're going to dive a little bit deeper. And I also want to talk a little bit more about the architecture behind it um, as well as what's on the roadmap. All right. So let me share this. Yep. Okay, cool. Yeah. So. Um, the important thing to note is that the features that we built, such as Azure Monitor for SAP, um, they are resources, Azure resources or ARM resources, as we call them, in their own right. So this is not a loose collection of scripts that you somewhere install, but it's an actual resource that you can deploy directly from Azure Portal or through you know, CLI, Power, uh, PowerShell, if you want also possible, but the easiest way is, of course, to go through Azure Portal. And I quickly want to show you how the whole thing works. Um, so for that um, purpose, I built up a um, scale-out system, um, actually using the automated deployment templates that we Just have. Just going to ask. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I, you know, I hate doing uh, manual tasks. So um, the deployment script sets up the whole thing, including um, jump boxes that have uh, HANA Studio installed on top of them, makes it actually really easy. It's actually an HSR-based setup, right? So you see this node, the nodes go from one through four, and there's two sides, A and B. Uh, more about that we'll see when we look into the monitor. But the cool thing is the whole setup is, uh, yeah, it's really just a click of a button or it's actually... Uh, hitting a uh, a key in that in that case, those scripts are based on top of uh, Terraform and Ansible, um, so it's infrastructure as code, and it makes deploying this uh, super simple. Mm -hmm. Okay, just wanted to show you this um, for the sake of this example. Um, just want to quickly show you how you would deploy um, an Azure Monitor for SAP solutions. So you can do that um, by clicking create a resource that takes you into the um, Azure Marketplace. So in here we can search. It is, okay. Um, as you're familiar with any gallery uh, Marketplace packages, you see this one here, description, click on create, and then you get some sort of wizard that um, takes you through the deployment of the um, what we call SAP monitor resource. So mm -hmm. I'll pause here for one second. Um, just conceptually, it's important to understand that um, there are really two types of resources involved as we build up an Azure monitor for SAP solutions. Um, there is a what we call a uh, SAP monitor 
resource, which is just the framework, which is what you deploy here. And then inside that um, monitor, you would add providers, which are basically connectors to your source systems. So you could essentially have one single SAP monitor resource, and you can connect multiple providers either to you know, several HANA databases, or you could add a SQL Server database, um, or an HA cluster, whatever provider we offer you. And we're actually actively building more providers um, so that we can collect application telemetry as well and um, support further databases, any DB um, databases that are not HANA. Okay, so how would I go about um, just a quick question. So, so basically, sure. I would deploy the Azure Monitor then in my Azure subscription, and then if I have, I don't know, um, five or ten other SAP landscapes that are distributed across different resource groups that I've installed there, then I could um, use these providers to connect these um, SAP systems, to connect the HANA databases, to and as you said, more and more of these providers will come, so that in mm -hmm. this one centralized Azure Monitor, um, I would get all the telemetry data. Um, from from all the systems that I'm have that I have running in my Azure subscription. That's exactly right. The only physical boundary um, that we have is the region. Um, mm -hmm. So essentially, okay. um, and I will show you this right now as we are um, as we're doing this. Um, essentially, each SAP monitor resource is bound to um, a VNet. And the VNet um, can already exist, or I can create a new one. Um, let's call this Submon, and I'll call it Podcast. Um, I have to select a region. Um, let's use West Europe, because we are in West Europe right now. Um, it will show me which VNets okay. I currently have. Um, so this is actually from a different landscape. Um, yeah, let's go with this one here. This is the VNet into which my automated deployment scripts have deployed um, a, a HANA installation into. I'll select a subnet. And this can be an existing subnet. I mean, the subnet is just a logical boundary, so it doesn't really matter. I could create a new um, uh, monitoring subnet into this VNet if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. And although it's technically possible to um, have a VNet that spans or that contains resources from several regions. You could use, um, I think it's called global peering. Um, we would generally not advise that. First of all, it, you know, it gets more expensive to do that, and also you add more, more latency. Now, an important thing to note is that um, we leverage, and this is already in the, in the name, um, we leverage certain resources from Azure Monitor, Azure Monitor Framework, including log analytics. So if you're not familiar with what that is, I'll show you in just a second. And while we normally deploy um, or we create a new log analytics workspace for you, where all the telemetry goes into, you could, if you wanted to, um, use an existing log analytics workspace as well. Mm -hmm. That's an option if you already use log analytics. You don't have to um, you know, create a new log analytics workspace. Either, either way, it will be fine. So if I'm already a huge user of log analytics and I monitor already all my virtual machines and stuff like that, and now I also want to get the SAP telemetry data, then I would just say, well, use the existing one, and then I yeah. would still get all the information in one place. Mm -hmm. That's that's exactly right. I mean, cool. one of the reasons why we built um, this, this particular product here, Azure Monitor for SAP Solutions, 
was to enable monitoring for SAP landscapes regardless of the underlying infrastructure. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is, yes, um, you may already use Azure Monitor um, if you have a VM-based landscape, okay? But if you opted for bare metal and you have those really beefy uh, 24 yeah. terabyte blades, right? Up until now, there was really not much in terms of monitoring that you could do uh, that was integrated with Azure, right? So we're bridging that gap here um, and allow you to monitor your your um, SAP landscape on Azure, um, even if it's based on bare metal. Or you could have, you know, an SAP monitor resource that mixes VM and um, and bare metal resources. The boundaries um, they they are blurred with this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, with this tool. One note um, on this thing here, I know it can be intimidating when you um, try to deploy something and you already get 20 questions, um, but we're trying to you know, uh, make it as easy as possible. And I will talk a little bit about the blocks and the documentation we have for this. We offer customers a feature that enables the sharing with the telemetry um, with Microsoft. Now, why would you do that, right? I mean, on my iPhone, I'm always the one who, um, you know, disables sharing the data with Apple. So why would I want uh, Microsoft to get um, the uh, the telemetry from my SAP landscape? It enables us from Microsoft side, when there are issues with your uh, landscape, to diagnose faster because we're not relying uh, relying on a you know, screen share session with you or something or mm-hmm. uh, op- for you to open the ticket with SAP, for example, but we can directly see um, telemetry like utilization of your uh, HANA database as an example, right? Or in terms of if you have an HA cluster set up using Pacemaker, um, if the uh, CRM, the tool that monitors the cluster is reporting a healthy status, right? So. Um, that will make things a lot easier. So I will select yes here. And you're you're stating here that we are not collecting any PII data. So. That's right. Yeah. So we're not uh, you know collecting things like the um, I don't know the top ten uh, employees that make the most yeah. money in your company or things like <laughs> that, right? Um, so it's it's merely anonymous um, or non PII utilization. Data in the, in the documentation. There's actually a list of all the key figures that are oh, being great, collected. Great. Yeah. yeah. So after we've done that, um, these are all the um, properties for an SAP monitor resource. Not too bad. We talked quite a bit. Uh, normally, this can be done in 30 seconds, but um, it's not too complex, I think. Then the next step would be you can add um, the providers here, or you can do that once the um, SAP Monitor resource has been created. Either way is fine. Um, usually, we recommend, especially if you deploy an SAP Monitor for the very first time, that you just deploy it and then add the providers okay. later. That makes the troubleshooting a little bit easier. Um, you know, if you're not sure that your user has the right permissions and that everything is set up properly in Azure, but you could um, go in here and um, add a provider or multiple providers if you wanted to. The way this works is um, you select the type. Currently, we support these uh, three guys here. Um, SAP HANA, a high availability cluster that is based on top of Pacemaker, or Microsoft SQL Server. Um, that is the 
actual on-prem or well, in the cloud uh, okay. installation, not the uh, SQL Server uh, cloud edition that runs inside Azure. Mm -hmm. So you could say, um, yeah, I want to do um, SAP HANA. Um, you would give the provider a name, so we can name this provider HANA1. You would select an IP address. Now, this could also be a host name if you wanted to. Some customers, um, they use external uh, host names or have a different way to resolve host names. So typically, the uh, IP address is um, more likely to work without problems. Um, in my case, I know this one by heart, 10.0.0.6. Um, and yeah, I will say uh, something about what to fill in here in just a second. Um, you want to use typically the system DB tenant. Um, if you use a MDC uh, enabled HANA database, which I think are probably 95 or higher percent of all HANA databases. Now, I don't think we see a lot of single um, database container uh, based HANA installations anymore. <clears throat> the reason why you want to connect that against the system DB is that certain metrics like for backup or HSR, HANA system replication, are only available in the system DB tenant. You could later on um, still add specific database tenants if you so desired. Um, you would put a port. So um, this is typically three, then the instance number, and then one three. Um, you need a username and password. And in the documentation that I'm going to show you in one second, we actually tell you which roles are required, how you set up those users. Um, just for the sake of making this easy, I'll um, just use the system account. Don't do that with your um, with your production system. Now, the one thing I want to call out, which I think is kind of cool, and this was driven um, by specific customer feedback we got. Um, while we allow you to enter your password here, and we will store it in your um, key vault, so we don't even have access to this. But if you want to go extra safe, and maybe you don't even know the password either, and it's a different team, your information security team, your InfoSec team, that has access to those passwords only, you could put the cool, yeah. password in advance into a key vault and have that maintained by your um, InfoSec team and just give us the link to that key vault. So if mm -hmm. that's right, you uh, click there, it opens a new blade um, here, and yeah, you would be able to select um, you know, uh, a, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if I have access to this one, but. Oh, but nice. So, so, um, really, like you said, someone else could actually maintain, um, the credentials in the key vault and then the That's one right. who actually connects to Azure monitor would not even know the password. And That's correct. Yep. That's exactly right. Um, and then I would say add provider. Um, you see the providers added here. I could mm -hmm. add more providers if I wanted to. Um, for the time being, I will not do that. I can assign tags um, for the purpose of billing. Um, we'll leave that blank as well. Here's the review screen. You click on review and create, um, and there, there it goes. Nice. Takes a moment, and um, yeah, we will we will take a look at it. But how it always is in those um, cooking shows. I've actually prepared 
you know, something in the oven. I'll close this one here. So this is how it would look like um, after a few minutes when the deployment is done. Mm -hmm. um, this is a sub-monitor resource that I've created. I called it all because it requires or it contains multiple um, SAP resources that you would normally find, SAP HANA, um, we have a SQL server in there and we have an HA cluster. So you see that um, this one is also part of a um, specific VNet. And in that VNet, you can actually go into this one, um, you will see if actually peered multiple um, VNets from different HANA installations, different SQL Server installations. Um, and that allows me to have access um, to, to, all, to all of these. So you see there's a SID called IU1, um, which we looked at earlier. Um, there's one for the HA cluster. Um, and uh, yeah, that actually allows me to connect to all of those and to collect um, telemetry from it. Mm -hmm. Before I show you how that works in uh, in more detail, um, quickly want to show you what you get with it. Um, there's an overview of the architecture, and this actually links directly into the um, official documentation page. And I think now is a good time to to briefly talk about that. So when you deploy a submonitor resource, you will find that you end up with a what we call managed resource group that has a bunch of resources in it. They all run in your own subscription, so Microsoft doesn't have any access to it. Um, and they contain things like, um, most prominently, a collector VM. It's a very small size um, burst, so it's a B1S uh, size VM mm -hmm. that will connect to your different systems for which you configure the providers, SAP HANA or uh, SQL Server, Pacemaker, it will collect those metrics and it will send them to a log analytics workspace. That's the um, mm -hmm. workspace that we configured when we set up the submonitor. Important to note that all credentials that you provide, they reside in a key vault um, that is also part of that managed resource group and everything is in your subscription. So nothing leaves, um, you know, no credentials leave um, your own subscription boundary. Nothing gets to, to Microsoft in this case. Okay, um, we also have a more detailed description um, on the different providers. So if you go on uh, on that page, it tells you a little bit um, about all the providers that currently exist, SAP HANA, the HA availability cluster or SQL Server. Um, and if that is not enough, there is also a um, quick start which we will expand in the in the future um, for the different provider types. Um, now, one thing I want to quickly point out, you know, this is a fairly new product. We're just in public preview for a month now. Yeah, it's been a um, little bit a little bit over four weeks. Um, so very very happy and very thankful for the great feedback we got from our first customers already. Um, we're, we are, of course, improving you know, the documentation. We're trying to see what is difficult for customers. So um, I quickly wrote up a short blog, and we can link this in the, um, in the description yes. of this podcast. Um, yeah, setting up SAP HANA on Azure, the monitoring for it, but how, right? So um, I already mentioned there's a bunch of 
there's a bunch of different uh, hoops you have to jump through, um, which port is my database running on, for example, yeah, or which user do I set up, right? So in this um, block, I'm trying to fill the gaps until we catch up with the official documentation. Um, so we can, you know, link to that. And uh, yeah, this, this gives a little bit more detail um, on why things are built a certain way and what's the easiest way to um, add your HANA database to your new SAP monitor resource. Right. Okay. Now, without further ado, so what do I actually get from this? Why did we, um, for the last 20 minutes, talk about um, talk about this? Um, now, the really interesting thing is I've set up all these providers here. So you see there's two HANA databases. Um, there is a pacemaker cluster, and we get a SQL server um, as well. You find connection strings and some metadata information. And what I can do now is um, I can, without using any SAP proprietary or third-party tools get telemetry from the different landscapes that I'm um, that I'm monitoring. So, for example, this was the uh, RU1 landscape that we built up with the automated deployment script. Um, you find it has four nodes. Um, I connected this to the primary side, by the way, so um, yeah, you can see what what kind of services are currently running. Um, here the index server is stopped. This is the standby node, I should add, right? And then we can take a look at um, utilization metrics, CPU, mm -hmm. memory, disk um, for uh, data and log. As you see, there's not too much going on because it's just an empty landscape. Um, but this sure looks different on our customers' installations, you know, where they run uh, larger scale-out systems. Mm. We can actually get into more detail for utilization. Um, so if I if I find a spike here, for example, I don't know if we see one here. We can go back 30 days. I'm sure if we find something, yeah, you see it's been it's been fairly quiet here. Um, it has a time brush feature that you may already know from HANA Cockpit. Um, so we borrowed the idea from there. Shout out to my former colleagues at SAP. Um, you can actually select a, a time frame that you're interested in and it will zoom on zoom in automatically here at the bottom. So this makes troubleshooting or root cause analysis yeah. a lot easier. You know, you see a spike here, you can directly zoom in, um, filter out the node that you're interested and start your analysis from there. Um, we do also get backup metrics. This is one of the reasons why I said you should um, use the system DB tenant rather than um, your individual database tenants. Um, and I could see, yeah, for my, uh, there's no, I don't know if we have any full backups in this one. Let's see. I think we only get the log backups here because it never triggered. Oh, here's, here's one actually. Yes, complete backup, yeah. Yeah, so it tells me actually when was the last full backup taken right um the the log backups i'll go back a little bit uh, less so they run i think every 15 minutes um so i can also take a look yeah how this oh, nice uh, mm -hmm. stacks up right and if i visually spot any irregularities here um i could also filter by the um only the failed backups if i'm interested in that 
Not sure mm -hmm. if we have any in this specific case. No, there, there are none right now. But um, all of this is possible for a cloud admin who may not even have access to um, you know, the SAP proprietary tools, HANA Studio yeah. or HANA Cockpit, right? So um, as the boundaries between the different roles get more blurry, um, this is another entry point that shows you the telemetry more from an infrastructure perspective. Mm -hmm. The last thing, yeah, sorry, do you have a question? Like, yeah, just wanted to, so now that all this information is available in, in Azure, I guess I could also then, for example, create some alert rules or um, connect mm -hmm. this with logic apps and, and do some some workflows yeah. around this and stuff like that. So I'll, I'll just park or table that question for, sure. for one minute. Um, but yeah, you bring up actually a very good point because this is, um, this is kind of what we do currently with the raw data that gets ingested, and I will show you that as well. Um, we built some simple visualization um, on top of it. Actually, this one is kind of kind of cool. That uh, just shows you actually the current uh, replication replication status um, of my HSR landscape. So I see, okay, it's replicating here from site A to site B. Currently, it's active. Um, it's async with log replay, and it even shows me. Okay, there's not. Um, not too many irregularities as well, but it even shows me um, the uh, the latency or the uh, yeah the latency between the the different sites and the sizes of the um, the the lock mm -hmm. uh, buffer that I have. Uh, so this uh, yeah, there's not there's not too much going on in this landscape, like I said. But in larger landscapes, this is uh, quite valuable. And um, as we are constantly improving the product, we're actually leveraging the um, predictive functionality that Azure provides um, and that Azure Monitor provides to, um, yeah, to make forecasts um, in terms of uh, yeah, how, your, how your system will scale, for example. Um, okay. Just before I move on to the other um, providers, I quickly want to show you what, what happens with the raw data. So um, as you see, there's a link here in my SAP Monitor resource to the log analytics workspace that stores the underlying raw data. All of the data is stored in uh, custom logs. So you find that um, for HANA, for example, um, the uh, individual metrics are stored in these tables or custom logs that uh, are prefixed with SAP HANA underscore, right? So you see, for example, the load history, which is really just your um, system views, the way you know them from HANA. Um, I'll make this a little bit larger here. Um, yeah, you see we're getting the data from the, uh, from the HANA name server um, or from the statistics server merely. Um, things like the memory allocation limit, the resident memory, the actual memory size. Um, yeah, they are all emitted here. So to answer your question, yes, I could absolutely build my um, custom alerts using log analytics. So this is a feature we have on the roadmap to pre-deliver certain alerts uh, with the solution. Um, we're just not there yet because we're still you know, working on the, on the foundation there. But um, for the time being, yeah, you could um, just create a new alert yep. and say, okay, you know, if my um, 
my uh, CPU is at 100% for a prolonged time, or if the um, disk is uh, the disk utilization for my data volume is larger than, I don't know, 70%, then send me an alert, right? This is absolutely possible. Um, and there are a ton of opportunities as you integrate this with um, existing IT um, uh, SM tools, right? If, you, if you're using ticketing systems, uh, ServiceNow or, or the like, yeah, you could totally integrate with those. Right, yeah. Mm, we're not limited to HANA, as I already uh, mentioned. We have quite rich metrics for um, other databases like SQL Server as well. Um, yeah, you see this uh, is not a overly busy database either, um, but it captures interesting information like um, what are my top 10 weight statistics? Um, this is a question that always comes from customers. What are my top 10 statements? Um, have there been any actual issues occurring in the last 30 minutes or whatever time frame I, I select here? Mm -hmm. And it even um, provides some more details on always on, if you have always on configured in that uh, SQL Server instance. Um, so you see actually a, uh, a similar visualization yeah, like the one that we had with HANA HSR. Yeah, you have the same thing here with, um, with mm -hmm. uh, SQL Server always on. Yep, and last but not least, um, we are also investing um, in the actual infrastructure tools. So we built this together with the um, colleagues from SUSE. So shout out um, yeah, to our friends from, uh, from Nuremberg or wherever they are based. Um, this is a high availability cluster that we have running on one of the, uh, on one of the systems. SID so was HA4. Um, that one uses Pacemaker as per our official Microsoft document, how to set it up. And whoops, I'm playing around here with that beehive thing. That's kind of cool. Funky stuff. Yep. Um, scroll down. Okay. So as I select the cluster, a little bit more readable, I get essentially the same information um, that otherwise I would get displayed only by logging onto the um, server, onto the Linux uh, shell there and running um, CRM, which is the one of the custom man managers for, um, for Pacemaker. Um, so I get all of these metrics directly displayed here. Um, That's yeah. actually something that I extremely like because for, for me, Pacemaker is always this black hole. I mean, I, I know we have some beautiful yeah. tools that help you to automate the setup and stuff like that, but um, then Pacemaker is always, well, I hope it's running and there are some data that's coming out, but let's don't touch it. But with this, we, we show, we expose some of the monitoring data in a beautiful way. So that's why I really love the, the, the Pacemaker component of the um, SAP monitor here. It provides a lot more insight, right? So, um, I mean, oftentimes I may not have direct access, depending on my role in the company, um, to the Linux cluster and that it requires elevated access. Um, mm. You know, so the ability to just pull um, telemetry from that cluster is actually quite uh, valuable according to our customers. So the, um, the one thing I just did, I actually just broke the landscape. 
Uh, I did that on purpose. Um, and uh, I actually just shut down one of the nodes inside our pacemaker cluster, right? Mm. So I just, I just stopped that VM. It was a, um, a single node cluster um, that is or actually a two node cluster, single node in the lingo of HANA. But um, uh, yeah, it's, it's really two nodes because you have two sides. And um, eventually, this may take a moment, and we can come come back later if it hasn't already picked it up. As I open this here, yeah. uh, it has already picked up. Okay, there's an issue now. This thing is yellow. Shut um, down. Um, yeah, because the member HDB 1-1, which was the, the second node of this cluster that I just stopped, um, is now in status shut down, right? So it picks it up um, fairly quickly. It's not... You see here it's in stopping um, stage. Mm. It's not real time because uh, there is a certain amount of latency uh, required for us to pick it up. We don't query it every second because we don't want to overload yep. the system either. Um, and also we have to send the data over the network into log analytics. But you saw, um, I mean, just from this demo, it was fairly, um, fairly fast. Mm. Um, now the... Last thing I want to quickly show you is from an architecture perspective, the way we built it, um, we actually built it open source as far as the payload is concerned. And this may be, you know, a new, um, for maybe a shocker for many um, customers. What is Microsoft doing, right? Um, are they insane? Well, um, you be the judge. So here, this thing um, that you see here is our GitHub repo that contains the source code for the we call collector that runs on your um, on your VM that connects to the different um, to the different source systems as you configure the providers. And um, the nice thing about our design here is that um, all providers they're sort of uh, yeah it's like a it's like a um, uh, Lego type of system yeah where you have individual components so we have different um, different providers that are um, defining the logic on how to connect to uh, different systems like how to connect to HANA how to connect to SQL server for example um, and then the content can easily be defined so um, just picking the HANA um, provider as an example, as you see here, um, this is actually how we are querying HANA to get, for example, the load history. Yeah, this one is a little bit more complex, um, but all of this shows you the content that is used to power our framework. Um, in this case, it's just based on SQL statements. But that's really cool. I mean, um, you, uh, thinking back of the very first thing where you had, well, what data is actually collected? Um, yeah. Here, you can see it. It's it's really um, in GitHub, everyone, accessible to everyone. If you really want to drill down and take a look, how are we doing this? Well, it, it's written here. It's and I guess, here. yeah, and, and we actually encourage, um, you know, contributions from the community. So if you have an idea for a cool provider, um, something that you want to have collected in terms of telemetry, um, yeah, just send us a pull request. Uh, we'll review it, and it will go directly into this uh, into this product. 
So that's really cool. If, if I'm a customer and I have now, um, I think, well, this is really missing, um, then they don't need to reach out to you directly or they need don't need to find someone to contact. They could just uh, create a pull request and um, you are monitoring this, obviously, and then you would work on this and that's, potentially implement yeah. it. That's right. And I mean, um, of course, we do welcome any suggestions, right? So you don't, as a customer, you don't have to write your own uh, provider at all, right? Sure. That's not the message I wanted to convey. You can uh, simply tell us, hey, you know, we would like to um, start to more application metrics. Yeah, give us some NetWeaver uh, application metrics that that we can integrate into Log Analytics. Uh, we'll look we'll look into it and we'll um, build the uh, pertinent content so it will be rolled out in one of the future versions. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this this was pretty much all I had um, in store for for today. Um, I hope it was not uh, not too much, not too overbearing. Um, if yeah, if you guys have any questions, um, by all means, feel free to reach out. Um, we're a relatively small team, so we're very agile. I think that's the the positive spin of it, and, and we can easily um, answer to feedback from the community. Yeah. Cool. Thank you so much, Tobias. I think that was really really insightful. I mean, um, we we talked a little longer than originally planned, but I think for me it was extremely educational. It was really um, good, and I think you you mentioned a few very interesting things. You also highlighted some some URLs, so some, um, we'll mm -hmm. make sure to um, post them also in the um, in the in the video. Again, um, this is in public preview. If someone has ideas, just create an issue or or um, go to the Git repo and uh, create a pull request, whatever you you feel <laughs> comfortable. That's right. And then yep. let's see. I mean, I, I think what we have already is really good, so you can already get started. I think we we already do have some customers that are really using it. That's right. Yeah, uh, we have customers that are using it um, in productive production landscapes even. Um, this is actually one thing, thank you for reminding me, I would mention um, it makes sense just as you split your uh, your dev system from your QA or production system, you may want to set up one sub-monitor per tier, right? Mm -hmm. So you don't want to have one single sub-monitor and you mix all kinds of system in there. It probably makes more sense to have one sub-monitor for your dev, for your QA, yeah, for your staging, whatever um, tiers you have, right? So you have that um, that boundary reflected in the setup of the sub-monitor as well. Cool. Awesome. Great. Again, Tobias, thank you very much. Um, you. Olga, yeah. I think with this, we can we can close off this this very first um, session with you. I hope this was not the last one. So I hope to see mm -hmm. you again. Yeah. Maybe next time also more on the automation topics or, or something else. Let, let's see. Again, yeah. thank you very much. Um, we'll see each other again uh, next week, or we'll have another podcast at least next week, hopefully then with Robert and Goran again. Mm -hmm. And yeah, thank you very much for, for joining. Thank you. Thanks again. Yep. Take care, guys. Bye-bye.